Hello and welcome to another episode of the Elevens Podcast. My name is Ben. And I'm Jude. And today um, we're going to be covering a little bit of uh, what came out of the LA Auto Show recently. Um, lots of exciting cars. A um, bit of an off-road theme to start off this episode. But uh, <laughs> before we get into that, we're coming up to the end of the year. And everybody's been posting their Spotify wrapped stuff. Um, and uh, we got our podcaster Spotify wrapped thing from Spotify. Because if you're not aware of what that is, look it up. I mean, it's a way for everybody to flex how much Drake and, you know, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift they've listened to this year. Um, but as a creator, um, Spotify tells you, like, you know, basically a summary of how many minutes people have listened to, who they are, that sort of thing. And they kind of put it together in a nice, like, graphics package and stuff. Yeah. Makes it feel a little more special that way, I guess. Um, ben, is there anything in particular it's, from that that you want to touch on that kind of stood well, out to you after you watched our 11's podcast, Spotify Wrapped? It's weird because, like, you know, with Spotify Wrapped, you're used to it just being you as a consumer and like what you've listened to but right. now we have a creator view which is kind of strange yeah um so thank you everyone uh for listening uh we're gonna go through a couple of stats here so we created 412 minutes of new content which is apparently more than 71 percent of other creators in the leisure category are we first of all are we are the episodes too long if that's that many more minutes than other people have created, I feel like maybe we need to dial it back. All right. And on that note, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for today. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. Like, I feel like most podcasts are like an hour, hour long. Like a lot of the episodes that I listen to, I mean, like Ice Coffee Hour, for example, sometimes they're an hour, sometimes they're like two and a half hours. Cheap plug. So Yeah. Um, <laughs> like not that we're sponsored or anything or affiliated but yeah yeah i think what it is though a lot of these numbers are always going to get skewed because so many people will like create a podcast record like one or two episodes and then just leave it alone yeah and here we are yeah. still kicking <laughs> <laughs> um you guys shared us a lot which we really appreciate our podcast was shared was in the top 30 percent most shared globally so do um, people just not share other podcasts? Like, I'm going into it thinking, like, okay, who listens to us anyway? I was going to say most of that was probably me and you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, in any event, thank you, guys. Um, our listeners' podcast personality is, is very fitting, The Enthusiast. So. Yeah. Yeah. Enough said, I think. That's why my wife doesn't listen to the podcast anymore. <laughs> She's not an enthusiast and she says, I love you guys, but I don't understand anything that you're saying. So keep going. I'll support you, but just know that I'm not listening. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing our best to explain to people that aren't really enthusiasts to try to get them into it. But I mean, we're just kind of nerding out on this this show. Yeah. I, and I think there's nothing wrong with us embracing that either because we get into some of like the more... I don't know, particular stuff. We we typically don't just say, okay, a car is cool. We'll go into like, okay, this is why this design element is important. And then whatever that BMW uh, kink thing that you talked about. The Hoffmeister kink. Hoffmeister kink. kink. Thank you. See? Yeah. Like, who else talks about that? I that's don't know. True. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really need to go through all of them, but I just wanted to touch on them because it's kind of fun and, and say thank you to everybody that's listened because this has been just a fun thing that we're doing and um, it's a cool feeling to know that people actually care about what we're doing. So, Care is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be happy here. Okay? Thank, thank you for at least keeping us playing in the background while you sleep. 
Yeah. Or sure. drive to work or, you know, try to be actually productive. So I hope nobody sits down like after a long day of work on the couch, opens up their phone or laptop or podcast app and says, okay, I'm going to spend one hour listening to these <laughs> two nerds <laughs> talk about the Hoffmeister kink. Yeah. Please don't do that. Do something productive with your time while you're playing our podcast in the background. But I am also very appreciative of those that, that do. So yeah. thank you. Anyway. Moving on. On that positive note, <laughs> uh, LA Auto Show. So it's always fun when there's an auto show. Fun for us being in the car business because it kind of gives us an idea of, okay, what to look out for, what to expect, what might roll off the truck next week. Who knows? Right, um, yeah. You know, so and, and there are a few cars that kind of stood out to us. Um, a couple of them, I think Ben is a little bit more excited about than I am. But uh, and like I said at the at the start of the episode, a bit of an off road theme for these uh, these first two cars that we want to talk about. Uh, yeah. Ben, do you want to kick it off with a little bit of Italiano? Sure, <laughs> Italiano. Uh, well, I think we should kick it off with the first one that came out, which was the Porsche 911 Dakar. So a little bit of the Deutschland. Yes. Then, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that one came out first, and I think people kind of like knew that this was coming. They kind of teased oh, yeah. it. All the spy um, photos and everything, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your initial reaction when you saw the press photos? I said, uh, thank God it's not another SUV. Fair enough. Um, I think it's cool. I think it's cool to take sports cars and take them places that they don't quote-unquote belong. Mm-hmm. Right? So, when I first saw the photos, I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, might be a little biased because... I, I like Porsches and I'm anti SUV, mm-hmm. right? So there's that. Um, but like, I just don't know. Like, if you're anybody who likes cars, like, why would you buy an SUV when you could have one of these? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Even though you can't, because I mean, they're probably all going to be sold out by yeah, now. Yeah, but like, as a matter of principle, like, why not <laughs> off-road your 911 instead of buying a Macan? Like, honestly. I get why people buy Macans, and I'm not knocking people who have Macans. I'm like, this is so much better. Yeah. It's not cheap. No. No, it's not. It's like low twos, is it? It's Turbo S money. Yeah, yeah. But I mean... 222 starting price. Yeah. They're only building 2,500 of them. Yeah. Uh, Which, like, in the grand scheme of things, that's a lot of cars. But in Porsche worlds, that's not not a ton of cars because you know they're going to get sold. Right. I mean, they they sold, what, just under 2,000 Speedsters? Yep. Which is, like I said, a lot in the car world. I mean, they built 500 Senna's, you know, to put things into perspective. Um, So 2,500 in the Porsche world really isn't all that much. Right. Um, And they'll sell every single one. Oh, yeah. If they haven't already. Yeah. Um, What what do you think of, um, (laughs) what do you think of, like, the press videos of it, like, going sideways in, like, the the sands of, uh, (laughs) you know, the the desert with, the like, the roof rack and the light bar and all that stuff. What do you think? Well, so my initial reaction, right, like, I saw the the teaser images, and before they unveiled the actual production car, they put up images of these other 911s that were, like, wide-bodied and lifted and had these tires on it, and they took them up a volcano. Yeah. And it was a stick shift... Uh, wide-bodied 911, 992, um, and they took it up a volcano, and I thought that was really cool, and they, the cars look so good. Like, Yeah. I mean, they're, the interior is like, it's like a 992 interior, but like all the, only the important parts, everything else is just ripped out. I thought yeah. that was so cool. Um, and then when I saw the, the press photos of the actual car, I'll be honest, I was kind of disappointed. Why? Because it's not that extreme? 
I mean, I, I don't know what I was expecting, right? Because, like, those cars obviously wouldn't... I, I don't see how they could make those road legal. Um, but I don't know. I, maybe I was expecting more from Porsche. Hmm. I, I, I didn't immediately fall in love, but the more I looked at them, at the car, the more I've, I've grown to really like it. I would think that they... I mean, I don't know if anybody will... I hope people leave them stock, but, like, it wouldn't surprise me if people started modifying them like that. They're, like, ripping stuff out and doing this super wide, like, fender flares and, like, just blowing the wheels out to the edges and stuff. And um, I, I would hope that somebody messes around with it. I hope we don't trade in one of those <laughs> here at the dealership. Uh, but it would be a cool look, I think. Yeah. To take the hardcore off-road-ish, you know... Hardcore, sorry, hardcore-ish off-road 911 and make it even more hardcore and more right. off-road, right. you know? Because why not jack it up even more? Why not make it even taller and wider and more Mad Max is basically like the, the vibe that, I, that I'm going for here. Yeah, for you the know? few that are actually going to use it. Because that's the other thing too, right? Like, I guess we'll, we'll get into that after we talk about the, the Lambo. Yeah. Should we talk about the Lambo? A little sneak peek. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, really, the question is like, how many people are actually going to go off roading in this? Is well, like that extreme? Uh, like, press photos are one thing. I don't know if anybody, unless it's somebody in Dubai, right? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, because they do this stuff. You know, we'll just drive out of you know out into the desert and go sideways in the dunes and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, on the other hand, like, how many people are just going to buy them and kind of just drive them around? Like you do with an SUV? I guess. I don't know. Is it as cool to do that in, in a Dakar like as opposed to like a GT3? What do you mean by that? Like just drive it around? Well, because like, I don't know. If you're just going to drive it around to drive it around, it's not a street. It's not built for the street, even though it's road legal. <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, why not drive something on the road? Like just for the sake of driving it around, drive something that's designed for the road. Why do people drive their SUVs to the mall? Right? Yeah. This is... I'm really trying very hard to kind of will this into existence that people will buy this instead of an SUV. But that's... I mean, they're just totally different things. But that's what I want. (laughs) I want people to buy these and cars like these instead of buying SUVs. You know? Like, yeah. your, your SUV has an off-road mode and locking differentials and all this other stuff, but nobody does that. Nobody mm-hmm. does that with them, right? Even though the press photos have it climbing up a volcano, for example, right? Like you said. You know what I mean? Yeah. My wife has a Kia Sorento. I like it. They had a, a whole, like, marketing thing where they took the Sorento, like, into a canyon. They, like, uncoupled the front suspension? One of those, whatever. I don't remember if it was front or rear. And then they put, like, a skip plate on the nose. Otherwise, it was stock. Mm-hmm. And they went on some like crazy like rock climb thing with it, you know what I mean? That's the one time anybody's ever gone anywhere close to that doing that in a Kia Sorento, right? Yeah. But it's cool. We drive our Sorento to the mall. I want people to drive their 911 Dakar to the mall instead of buying a Macan. You know what I mean? That's what I want. But it's like, I mean, like the the Dakar is not for like. I don't know. I feel like that's a really hard comparison to it make. It is. It's so hard. And that's why I'm like trying to force and will it into the actual <laughs> existence. It's a terrible idea. Yeah. You know, I recognize that. 
But so a terrible idea is driving an off-road capable, I don't know, uh, the G-Wagon. You know what I mean? Things a tank. Yeah. It's got three locking differentials. You know, it's got all the slippery mode and all the stuff. You know what I mean? It sounds like a gun's going off when you lock the doors. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's supposed to be like this rugged, very capable thing. And literally everybody just goes to the mall. So, if anything, like as a more of like a proof of concept. Because I would like to see more people buy sports cars that were maybe jacked up a little bit. I would like to see more people buy wagons instead of crossover SUVs, right? Yeah. There's only so much BMW X6s that I can handle. Like, come on. Don't get me started with that. Come on. You know? And people spend a lot of money on those coupe SUVs. Whether it's the GLE or the BMW X4 or X6. The the Cayenne has a coupe version now. You know what I mean? The Audi RS Q8. (sighs) Come on. Yeah. I will say, though, the Porsche Cayenne coupe kind of works somehow. It's the only one that looks good. I will give it that. <laughs> somehow it works. I think it's because it's got that, like, 911 rear window. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, you know what I mean? This is just, I feel very passionate about this, I think. Yeah, we've, we've learned this. Maybe yeah. we can do a, a full SUV rant in another episode. Oh, my God. As our... Um, our next Spotify rap is not going to be great. <laughs> after like 30 seconds, people are going to be like, okay, we get it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you like Maseratis and you hate SUVs. We, we get, get it. it. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, um, so yeah. I mean, do you want to talk about the Lambo? <laughs> well, yeah. Cause like they're, they're, they're seemingly competitors, right? Yeah. It's a, the same concept. You're taking a sports car that shouldn't go off road and putting fender flares and chunky tires and giving it that your ground clearance. Yeah. Um, and they're expensive and they're limited. Um, the Lambo is more money. It's more limited. They're only building 900 of them. Um, I think it's about 50 grand more for the base price. Right. But um, if you're spending the money, like, and I'm not a Lamborghini fan by any means. Everybody knows this. I'm at least not a Huracan fan per se. Right. But even I could see the reason why somebody would spend another 50 grand to get a Huracan off-road as a car as opposed to a... Um, 911, because the thing to remember is that the 911 Dakar, um, like you said earlier, uh, off uh, before we were recording, it's basically a Carrera for us. GTS. GTS, sorry, yeah, thank yep. you. It's 473 horsepower, 149 mile per hour is top speed for the 911. Mm-hmm. The, um, the Lambo, is it's it top out at 160, I think. Um, I don't remember what the top speed was. But Not that it I, really matters. No, yeah, nobody's ever going to go that. F- well, I mean, they will. But <laughs> uh, it's six hundred and one horsepower, right? So it's a it's a six ten dash four. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, it makes less horsepower than the, the current Evo and STO and all that. But that's a lot more power than the Porsche. Yeah, and it's a full on exotic car. I think it will look more outrageous driving through sand dunes than the nine eleven will. I think overall, as an idea, it's more outrageous. Because, like, yeah. like, like at least Porsche has a history with this, and they have had off-road 911s in the past that actually won races. Um, and the 959 as well, they did a, a rally with. Um, that's kind of where the livery comes from. But anyway, um, yeah, the, like, Lamborghini doesn't have any history with rallying, at least not with the supercars. Did They, they didn't race the LM002, did they? That big boxy SUV they did in the 90s? I don't not that I can think of. I could be wrong, but 
Not that I can think of. I mean, regardless, this isn't really a throwback to that. Like when you when you hear that Lamborghini is going to do an off road special, you think that oh, like that's going to be they're going to do it with the Urus, <laughs> yeah. Um, but they did it with the Huracan. I think what's really cool about this, we know that the Huracan is an outgoing model. It came out in 2014. Yep. Just like the Aventador came out in 2012. It's it's sort of on its last legs, which is why there's so many different variants coming out right now. Um, and I I think it's really cool that Lamborghini is sort of sending off this beautiful masterpiece of an engine uh, with all these different things. And even though like the the Storado isn't like a typical route to go, I think it's I think it's really cool. They're doing something different. I think that's cool. Um, one of the like the aesthetics that I kind of fell in love with, I saw this on the Blacklist uh, Instagram account like forever ago. Mm-hmm. Somebody took. It was two cars. I don't know if they were both Lambos, but somebody took a, a Lambo to like the middle of nowhere Arctic, uh, put like a ski box on it, um, and went out into the snow. Oh yeah, I've seen that before. Oh, that's like a, that's a mercy. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Wild, right? Yeah. Um, and just that idea is so cool to me. So when they when they were going to do an off-roading Lambo, like I just want to see one of those like out above the Arctic Circle in like middle of nowhere like Norway or something. Yeah. You yeah. know. Just the the idea like you said of like having a car that and I get why like Porsche's doing it, it's kind of like an homage and stuff like that, but like for Lamborghini to do it, I again, I'm not a Lamborghini fan by any means and I I know that I'm usually really critical of them. I love it. It's so it's such a cool it's idea. Really I need cool. to see one of them in the snow though, because that's just gonna be wild. Well, that's actually a really good point. Like all the marketing material that we've seen from both of them is rally stuff in the gravel and then the dirt and then the desert. Yeah. Um, we haven't really seen much in the snow, and it, they're both trying to be rally cars. Yeah. Which I guess like being in the gravel and desert is what most people think of first, but that's a really good point because like I think about um, why people love the Audi RS six. Or, you know, I, I picture, like, that image that you just gave me with of an all-wheel drive, really fast car with a roof box in the snow. Yeah. You can do that with, like, there's so many fast exotic cars. You could do it like a Lusso, you know? Imagine that. Like, I, I just... And you, now you're getting me excited. You, you said know, Lusso, and I'm like, ooh, yeah, in so, the snow? Come on. Well, in the snow, that's an actual use case for people. Like, nobody's... Unless you're in Dubai, like you said, nobody's going to go in the dunes and with these yeah. things and use them. Yeah. Um, but plenty of people go skiing. Yep. So, I mean, <laughs> that's a use case right, right there. Take it up to the Alps. Take it up to... Go to Aspen. Go to, you know... Yeah. yeah um, anywhere in the Great Lakes. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Canada. Like, yeah. middle of nowhere, Alaska. Like, the sky's the limit of what you can do. Like, and I, I just need to see people with way too much money and way too much time actually do this. It, yeah. How wild would that be? I would watch an hour-long, like, documentary show thing of somebody driving from, like, you know, a normal populated place. Like, think about Canada, right? I want to see somebody drive from Vancouver to the northernmost place in Canada in their Huracan Storado through the snow. So That'd be so good. It'd be like Ice Road Truckers, but Italian. (laughs) Sounds like an old Top Gear episode. Exactly. Yeah. But like the car's meant for it in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be wild. Yeah. I just like the I, I like the aesthetic, and I know this isn't like the most practical thing, even though it's like okay, kind of makes sense to make a car capable in, in more than just like a track environment, you know. 
but it, it yeah. is cool. I, I would think that, you know, if I had if I had the money and I had to choose one of those, I'm pretty sure I know which one I would pick. Do you have an idea of which one you'd pick? Would you take the Lamborghini Storado or would you take the Porsche uh, Dakar? I go back and forth, um, but I think I'll go with my gut reaction. Yeah, I think I know. I think I know which one I'd take. Okay, do you want to count? Let's count to say three and we're going to say it at the same time, okay? All right. Ready? Three. One, two. <laughs> <laughs> count Whatever. to three and you count it down. Uh, I'll, I'll count and on three. No, wait. No, because I'm going to say three. After three. three. <laughs> just say either Lambo or Porsche. Okay. All right? One, two, three. Lambo. Lambo. Yes. There we exactly. go. I'm surprised we're on the same page there. It just makes... it. Uh, the Porsche's cool. Yep. I think if the Porsche made 600 horsepower and looked a little bit more outrageous, uh-huh. you know what I mean? And you made a really good point. Like, you know, the teaser stuff that they did, those cars were pretty hardcore. Um, you know, the Huracan kind of looks wild. It's got roof rails, man. Yeah. Actually, you know what car? I, I just This just can't popped into my head um, because I was thinking... Like, it would be kind of cool if the Dakar kind of looked like a 959 with that, like, oh, wing that loops up. But the rear end Gambella, like my favorites. do you remember that? What? They, they released a car, like, last year, Gambella. The, yeah. Um, they, they had, like, a copyright issue. <gasps> yes. But they, yes. they actually did that. I don't know I don't know if they're, like, there are plans for production or anything like that. or I, mean, I think it's just a concept at this point, right? That would have been... Oh, yeah. I just pulled it up because it was on Car and Driver. That would have been insane. Yeah. 818 horsepower. There you go. There's your solution. Well, how much How much Come is on. it? What? How much is it? Only 40 units. It's based on the 992. That makes sense. It's based on the Turbo S, which I think is what... $583,000. Wow. That's for the mods. So you still have to spend a quarter million dollars on a Turbo S. Oh, wait. So... So... Is it total, like, after you buy the car and give it to them? I think to it's it? another, I think it's, a, the way that this is phrased, it's another $583,000 on top of the price That's of the car. That's a lot of money. I could be wrong, but that thing is so cool. Okay, that so, would have been, I, that would have been way cooler. So hypothetically, if that's like, if that's a half a mil, well, I guess, I guess the price point kind of puts it out of comparison. The range of both. But it, I, I think, like, if you're going to spend, you know, the Lambo money... I hate to say you could afford to buy one one of the um, Gambala ones, but still, I no, don't know. that's in a different league, man. I mean, people buying a two hundred seventy thousand dollar car versus a half a million dollar car. Yeah, it says so. Uh, I'm reading Car and Driver. The company says it will produce no more than forty of the Marzien. My French is awful. <laughs> with each of these set to carry a pre-tax conversion cost in Germany of around five hundred eighty-three thousand dollars. The base 911 will add roughly another $220,000 if bought in Deutschland. But for those with more money than Rhodes, it's not hard to see the appeal of becoming a gamballer. Dude, <laughs> that... I forgot about that thing. Me too. I'm so happy you brought it up. That rear-end does really remind me of the 959, which is one of my favorite rear-ends ever. Yeah, it's really I, good. I love, I love car butts. And that's a really good <laughs> car butt. Um, yeah, man. I could, dude, I'm so happy you brought that up. Now, you, now the now the now the Dakar looks like nothing. It looks like vanilla. It yeah. looks so vanilla compared to it. Yeah, it does. it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's cool. I think it's a great idea, and I, I still want people to drive them to the mall. <laughs> but 
uh, at least you know compared to the the Storado. I mean, it's. I, I never thought I'd pick a Lambo over a Porsche, but here we are. Yeah, it's it's such a strange concept because the the other thing I was going to get to, and we sort of talked about it when you brought up the winter thing. Like, if you're going to buy one of these and actually use it, like, what are you going to, when, why would you buy one? I, why would I buy one? Like, like the people that are buying either the Porsche or the Lambo, like, yeah. why are they buying it? Because it's, like, completely out of left field, and, you know, where do you go from, like, having a, like, you have a Huracan, right? Yeah. And you want another Huracan. What are you going to do? Are you going to buy another Huracan? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? So why not get something that's weird and different? Like, you could, you're perfectly fine driving the Storado on regular paved roads. You're well, not going to do track days in it. Well... Unless you're, it's a rally. Because... Well, this is what I was going to get at, is, like, a lot of people that buy supercars... I'm not going to say everybody, but I think a lot of people that buy supercars end up in, you know, supercar groups and they end up doing rallies together, going from place to place. These cars are not like, they're not built for that anymore. They're not as fast. Cause like, that's why people get Aventadors and 720s because they, they're capable of carrying high speeds for a long time. Right. So you're not going to use that car for that. I would argue that you could, that you would, and it would actually give you more flexibility because then you could do a rally in the middle of winter. I guess so. Or when the weather's not great. You know, everybody's like stuck at the hotel waiting for the rain to stop and you're out in your Storado going sideways. You know what I mean? Like, or that's, just, that's what I think. Or you just join a different group with Evos and uh, yeah. STIs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> actually, <laughs> wow. I, oh, man. You know what's funny? We live in a world where uh, Mitsubishi and Subaru no longer make the Evo and the STI, but yeah. Lamborghini and Porsche are making rally cars. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that people who once idolized the Evo and STI, like growing up, like that's what we did, everybody that I was friends with, you know what I mean? Now that you're all grown up, what do you get? Right. I guess you get a Storado or a that <laughs> car. It's just cool. Yeah. I'm so happy that they... Each, like, both did it. You know, I, again, I, I do like the Lambo better. Um, but I, I'm just happy that it's actually happening. And it's coming from the, the actual manufacturers. Like, the Gambal is cool, right? But that's, like, you know, that's an aftermarket thing. Right. You know? Um, I think the demand will be there. I think they're going to sell each and every single one just because the demand just generally is there. They wouldn't um, be able to do it if it wasn't a limited run. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. 2500 is a lot for the Porsche. But I mean, like you said, it's it's not a lot for Porsche. Yeah. You know? Like they could have. I'm wondering if they could have limited it to like 500 and and charge people another 50 grand. Like it, oh, yeah. set the price at 275, and then with options you're like right around 300. Yeah. But they, you limit it to just to 500 units. They definitely like would that, that economically make more sense for Porsche to do? Well, because I'm thinking right, like like 900 Huracans, you know, or or. Even both of them, like how many of them are just going to go to collections to just sit versus True. people that are going to drive them around to the North Pole? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because even like people that buy them to drive them probably aren't going to drive them off road all that much. Yeah, if they do drive them, yep, because I'm, I'm trying to compare this to something else. And like, I feel like the Speedster obviously it's a very different car. Uh-huh. But they built roughly two thousand of them. They were sure. limited. 
and it's like a special car. It's, yeah. it's got a special use case where it's got the manual folding roof yep. and all that. Um, I feel like a lot of those just sit in collections. I don't really see True. them getting used. There are a few that do get used, but um, I, I wonder if the Dakar is going to be very similar. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I always think like nobody's afraid to put miles on their Turbo S, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of a shame where something that's arguably more capable and more, you know, more flexible won't get as many miles. Yeah. You know? But either way, like, I, I want more companies, car companies to do it. Finally, some sports cars built for New England's potholes. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a lot of rubber on the 911, too. I'm just looking at, like, I, I made a comment with the wheels. I was like, oh, man, they look like cheap wheels from a 996 <laughs> or something, right? Yeah. Um, but it makes sense. I mean, if you're going to go, if you are going to go take it off-road, you know what I mean? You'd probably just go through rims like nothing. Um but I'm, I don't know, more, more, I, I want more exotic companies. I want like a actual like off-road version of a, of a Purosan. Ooh, yeah. When the McLaren SUV eventually comes out, you know, th- that'd be cool to have like a more hardcore off-road version of that. Not just like a, a you know, Eurus type thing. I'm rolling my eyes right now. Just so Why? you guys know. I, McLaren building an SUV. Really? They will do it. They will do it. They've said that they're going to do it. Makes no sense. Makes just as much sense as the DBX. The DBX makes sense. What do you mean? The DBX makes sense. The DBX is great, by the way. It's it's fine. It's <laughs> what? I like it. It's the prettiest Whoa. one out of all of them. But uh, no, we, we're gonna. I. I it's, we'll we'll go through an SUV episode. <laughs> okay, we can. Yeah. But anyway, um, anyway, um, moving on. <laughs> do you want to talk about a car that makes no sense? Yes. <laughs> uh, it took me a second to realize what you were talking about. Oh, you know um, what I'm talking about. Uh, the BMW CSL, except not the CSL that they already came out with a not, different one. Not the <laughs> <laughs> Not the M4 CSL. No. The new 3.0 CSL. Which isn't really a 3 liter, is it? Um, or maybe it is. It is. Okay, it is. So that actually makes So it's sense. worse. I just, oh man! I don't even know. Like, it looks, it looks fine. It like, looks fine. the The looks aren't the problem. The problem for me is the price. Which is a is it all rumors at this point? I don't know. Multiple websites have said that it's going to be seven hundred and fifty thousand euro. Okay, for context, right? This is the uh, three liter CSL tribute. They're only going to build fifty of these. Um, and it's a tribute to the original 3-liter CSL known as the Batmobile back in the 70s? Um, late 60s? N- uh, what? I don't know when. 80s? It, I don't it remember. Is. Whatever I'm it is. Mixed I up, just can't, I can't, my, I can't get over the price. No, yeah, me neither. Cause, because what is it? It's, it's a stick shift M4 competition with some bodywork done to it. I automatically don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what it is. Because no matter what it is, it's never going to be worth $750,000 in my mind. Or €750,000, which right now is about the same thing anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, it was in the 70s, but I don't care. You can get an actual CSL, like a For real one. That. Exactly. We looked it up on, on, I always go to classic.com because it keeps track of like auctions, bring a trailer and like, you know, Barrett Jackson, Meekum, Sotheby's and all, all, all the auctions, right? So it shows you like what these cars are actually trading for. Yeah. 
Why? And why are they going to sell out? Because they will. I don't know if they will at seven. They will. Grand. Really? In in today's market, they absolutely will. I don't know, man. It's That's not like you, we we talked about this off the podcast. The the uh, Lamborghini Sesto Elemento, right? They said they were going to build X number. They could never get enough orders for it, right? So it was kind of a flop. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in a completely different world now with exotic cars. We're in a completely different world now with any new special edition. They're going to sell all fifty of them. And I'm just going to be so mad. I'm going to be so upset when one shows up at the dealership and we have to sell it. And at that point, we're going to sell it for like a million dollars. And somebody will buy it. No. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be even more frustrated. I disagree. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I have a hard time believing this price point as it is. Because, well, okay, how much, how much is an actual M4 CSL, the one that they came out with first? Was it like 140 grand? Something like yeah, that. whatever it was, it started with a one, which is a lot for an M4. I think it's a, that was already a stretch. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I could see it. People kinda. are. I was, I was su- okay with it. I'm surprised with the reception that it's got from journalists. People seem to really love that car. Yeah, and it was, I think, on Throttle House's track, it was almost as quick as a GT3, which is says yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um. So apparently, it's a good car. Um, for John Paper is like 50 grand or no even like 20, 30 um, you know for a price like 20, 30 grand less than a GT3 I mean uh, with with options and then never mind markup obviously it's a different story yeah but you know for so the say, price the performance you get out of that car especially when you like you said look at the Porsche that, that's trying to essentially do the same thing yeah yeah so what what would based on that what do you think is reasonable price for this uh, 180 180. 50 units globally? That's pretty rare. I don't care. It's a it's a BMW. It's a it's a BMW. I don't know. I don't care. Like it it's Is that because you don't care? Nobody would well, that's the thing. Like it's, it bothers me so much because I know that people are gonna buy all these. They're they're gonna sell all fifty of them. They will. And then they're gonna trade used. Um we're, they're gonna pop up shortly after people actually start taking deliveries. Um, you know, I don't know if BMW is doing a 4GT or McLaren 765LT type of thing where you're not allowed to sell it after X amount of months or something like that. I don't know if they're going to do like that. It doesn't seem like that kind of car. It doesn't, but it also is $750,000. Yeah. You know? So I By wouldn't way, be surprised still, if they did. But that's like, still like not confirmed. You keep saying that, but I'm just so upset. Like multiple websites have said it, it's $750,000. Yeah. And like, I hope that's wrong. I hope somebody... Saw a one and thought it was a seven, because that's realistically kind of close to where this car should be. I don't care if it's going to be fifty units. What are you getting? You know, like and how many? How many other cars can you buy for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm I'm on your side. I'm just trying to. It makes five hundred and fifty horsepower, Ben. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's missing a couple hundred horsepower <laughs> for that kind of money. Is there... Okay, so so if that number is true, what would they need to do to that car to make it worth that, that much? It would need to be an actual M1 successor. It would need to be full-on supercar. So the answer is it would be nothing like this car. <laughs> really. Because we were... T- I was talking about It this. would need to be made out of solid gold, Ben. <laughs> I was talking about this in one of my group chats, and uh, we were saying how it's kind of like 
Like, sure, it looks good, but it's kind of disappointing when you put it next to the concept. And if they're only yes. building 50 of them, they might as well have just, like, really gone true to the concept, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think I think if if it's to justify the price, I, I'm in agreement with you. It's got to be, like, really, really up there. It's got to be really special, and this just isn't. It's just an M4. Um, obviously, there's a little bit more to it than that, but it, at the end of the day, it's an M4. Um, but if they had built the concept and put a special engine in that and only build 50 of them, I think that that would have been a lot more. I don't know that there's any like, cause at the end of the day, it's just a, it's just a compact sports coupe. Yeah. It's a four series. Yeah. It's not made out of like some crazy exotic materials. It's not a carbon fiber tub, you know, it, it's not some crazy like space age chassis or anything. It just isn't. And I don't. They could build ten of them. I don't care. It's not <laughs> worth anything that starts with a seven. Never mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, yeah. Maybe if it's a seven and then three numbers after that. I'm just oh, <laughs> sure. I'm just like so fired up about it because I think this is just like for me. This is my breaking point with BMW. After all the shenanigans with the the subscription for the heated seats, oh man, and this yeah. weird direction that they've gone in with their designs and stuff, like the maybe we should do a BMW episode too. There's a lot to talk about. There. I don't know. It's just making me sad at this point. <laughs> thinking like we're we're gonna do an SUV rant episode. We're gonna do a BMW rant episode. We're just angry here at the Eleventh Podcast. I loved. I've always loved Beamers. I have, and just lately, it's just like heartbroken you know what i mean it's like you you love okay you have a child right and you love them and you nurture them and they go off to college right and then when they come home from college you realize they're in a like some crazy weird stuff that you never like expected them to and like all of a sudden they're like a serial killer and you their know nostrils I mean? are 10 times as big what <laughs> and their nostrils are 10 their nostrils what do you mean Oh, no, I get it now. I was making a joke. It's a bad joke. I get it. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. It's like, is this how Jeffrey Dahmer's parents felt? You know what I mean? Is is this like. Wow, we're comparing BMW to a serial killer right now. Not literally, but like in level of disappointment. You know what I mean? I've always loved Beamers. I really, really have. And here we are where they're trying to justify a 750 thousand euro price tag for a compact coupe yeah Yeah. that's built like every other four series yeah no that's not acceptable if if this if this car were uh, you know like i said if it was 180 they built 50 units it looks good enough it's special enough it's kind of a tribute to the original csl um and even i mean they did an e46 csl too right it's cool right at that number, I think it makes sense. I think that even if they pushed it into the twos, so say it was like a 220 starting price, mm-hmm. I'd have a problem with it, but I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. <laughs> like I wouldn't have this very visceral, like upset reaction that I'm having right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's 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 valid. Do, what do you think? Is there any way that they could possibly justify this price tag for this car? Not for this car, no. What would this car have to look like or, or be for the same question you asked me? What would this car have to be? Well, I think I already described it. You, you, they'd have to build the concept car. You, you, okay. I think for that price tag, they would need to do 
they would build the concept car, but even more wild looking. Okay. And it would, because it's building the concept car, they can't, you know, hypothetically, they probably wouldn't be able to make it road legal. Okay. So just make it a track only um, hypercar thing, like the Vulcan or something. Put some insane engine in it, like a lot of these manufacturers are doing with the Valkyrie and, sure. you know, whatever else. Um, and then I think people would be fine with the super high price tag because it's a limited run, yep. special engine, good looking sports car that they can use on the track or just have in their garage to show their friends in the middle of the rest of their collection. Um, that that makes sense to me. Yeah. It, it would need, even if it was based on the same platform mm-hmm. underneath, right? It would need a whole new body. You'd have to make it out of 100% carbon fiber. Oh, yeah. Just have to. Yep. I think anything, any even remotely close to that price point needs to be a carbon fiber car. Special engine, like you said. That that makes more sense. The so that, those are good a big points. part of it. Engine's a big part of it. And they're it just, is. all they did was tune an M4 engine. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Are we, are we done being angry? <laughs> yes. Because we're going to move on to something that makes me happy. Aw. All right. What is that? It's the Fiat 500E. <laughs> Oh, all right. Happy vibes. Happy vibes. Happy Fiat cute cinquecento vibes. Like, <laughs> man, I, I'll always have a soft spot for these things. Uh, they're bringing it back. There was a 500E before. They sold like, I don't know, 12 of them ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a great idea. City car, electric, and it's cool. Is it? It's coming to the US? Uh, yes. Yes. Well, was it the yes. LA Auto Show? So I would yes, that it I yes, <laughs> it's coming to the U.S. for sure. Okay, yeah, it, there's going to be a North American um, uh, launch for it. Yeah, yeah, um, great little electric car, city car. Like, I mean, it good look. It, it good looks. It looks good. Yeah, um, like as it always has. I always thought it was a cute little run around car. Yeah, I mean, we were looking at the Abarths, Abarte recently. You know, what I mean, on Facebook Marketplace, looking They're at those. So cheap. They're so cheap. Yeah. Probably not a good idea to buy one, but they're so cheap. <laughs> and obviously that's very different than like the, you know, these 100% electric ones. Um, but it's it looks just like a 500 uh, has looked forever, you know what I mean? It, but now it's just updated, polished, more LED stuff. I love, I love the fashion stuff that they do. And people think it's dumb. You know, the last generation, they had the big launch into the US. They had J-Lo, you know, do the commercials with like the Gucci version of it. You know what I mean? It's stupid. It's, but it's, I love fashion, right? So, and part of it is just, you know, kind of spicing things up a little bit. So they, they have an Armani version. They have a Bulgari version. And then for people who are a little bit more edgy, they have a cartel version that's cartel for with a k for you non-hype beasts out there um but yeah absolutely excellent i mean it it, again it just looks like a 500 but just updated really nice and i think it's a great idea that they're bringing it back nobody's gonna buy them which makes me that makes me really sad we're gonna get into the downer (laughs) (laughs) i thought we were supposed to be happy here well, because people in the North America want a big, stupid SUV, and if it doesn't look like a Tahoe, they don't want to buy it. You know what I mean? That's the thing with our market. When we were talking about this car before, um, I was going to bring this up to you. I figured I'd wait until we started, uh, until we pressed record. Yeah. Um, this car reminds me of the Honda Beat. Is it? No, not the Beat. What's the um, What's the electric car that they came out the with? The Honda... Uh, Shoot, what is that called? E. 
Is it is it just the E? I don't know. Because the B to K car. About. Yeah, the, well, that's really cool too. But they they did a coupe version. I don't think they actually built the coupe in like neon green. Uh, Honda electric, Honda E. I think it's the Honda E. I think you're right. Yeah, Honda E. Yeah, Honda lowercase E because it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. We don't get it because, like Jude said, we don't buy that kind of stuff. It just doesn't sell well here. But yeah, they're cool. Like when we buy electric cars, they have to be Audi SUVs. Yeah, and like Teslas and stuff, like big, heavy, stupid Hummer things. trucks. Hummer truck, which is eight million thousand pounds. Yeah, that's a real number. Um, that's probably accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you run out of zeros to describe how many tons it weighs. Yeah. And in the meantime, like people who live in urban environments, like they're trying to find places to park their Honda Pilots and Highlanders and, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. People's buying habits are so weird. I think the electric platform makes a lot of sense for that type of car. Yeah. It's just like, because that type of car, you don't need a ton of range. Exactly. Because you're just putting around the city or wherever you live. Yeah. You're not and going then, anywhere. Yeah far and when you park it in your like garage that's underneath your condo building or whatever you're plugging in and you know what i mean the next day when you go about your business or if you need to like make a quick run outside the city you know that's really what it's good for yeah um it makes me think of the smart car too right so the smart 4.4 smart 4 we didn't get the 4.4 here i don't think we got we only got the 4.2 in the states i think could be wrong but then they made an electric version of it and they sold a few of them but then when it was time to um, do a do a generational update, they made them just all electric, and they turned the smart brand into an electric brand, which makes sense for that car. It does make sense. You know, why would you have a little four cylinder, two cylinder, three cylinder, whatever, like little one point whatever, and you know, lawnmower engine? <laughs> you know what That's I mean? Right. Like, why would you put that in a little car when all it needs is an electric motor, a decent sized ish battery, and you know, just be able to zip around with zero emissions and no noise? You know? Yeah. Well, that, that's a good point with the engines, right? Like, I think the electric platform makes a lot of sense because it adds a lot of flair to that segment. Because yeah. like you said, what are you going to put in it? Like a one liter lawnmower engine in it that's yeah. probably going to be unreliable because it's a smart engine developed by Mercedes. Right. <laughs> um, you know, you don't have any reliability problems with an electric platform. And even if they're not all that fast, electric cars tend to be quick anyways because they've right. got that all that torque and all you need is that like low-end torque just to zip around in, in traffic in a city yeah you also think about like congestion right so if you have to drive and you have to drive in a city would you rather have something that makes noise and pollutes or would you rather have something that doesn't make any sound and just kind of zips along without any emissions and we can go into the whole like environmental argument about even how like you know mining for rare earth metals and like the the carbon uh cost of producing right. electric cars whatever but i'm thinking just at the, as the end result if, if your pathway there is going to be the same and ultimately at the end of the day like what would you rather driving around your city i would much rather have a bunch of 500 e's and smart electrics and and honda e's for that matter you know what i mean it just makes a lot of sense yeah and they're so cool they are they're they, cool they they're good looking like we've we've been saying before, good design should be accessible. Yes, and I think both those cars fit that description: the the five hundred E and yes. the, the E. Because it doesn't look just like another like little Econa box cheap Geo Metro type of thing. Mm -hmm. Even though Geo Metro kind of has its own charm at this point, um, <laughs> but it is good design. Yeah, and you don't have to get like the Armani or Bulgari version. You know what I mean? Like you can get a, a regular five hundred E just based on the the photos that they put out. It's a good looking car. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I I hope people buy them. I'm not optimistic that they will because <laughs> they much, didn't really buy the last one. How much do they cost? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's coming in uh, early 2024 is what they say. Um, it has... Let me see here. Here we go. It's car drivers. Uh, starting at $40,000. Ooh, that's a lot of money. It's an electric car. And they're positioning it up market too. Oh, they are. So, so is it going to be? I would hope you don't get that Chrysler interior that you got before. I hope not too. I hope you don't have to get a, a cartel uh, edition to get a, a good quality interior. I know, that, like that's where they're kind of marketing and positioning it is kind of more up market. Okay. So you know, it's for the, um, it's for the more affluent urbanite. I think. Hmm. Is if I were running their marketing department, that's like what I would put on my vision board for the car for the okay. marketing campaign. The you know the affluent urbanite. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think that's unreasonable. I was expecting se. a three in front of that. Um, you know, at least it's t- if it if it were ice, if it were combustion, yeah, but yeah. You know, it's not gonna be. I so. guess. For an electric car that's positioned on market, even though it's small and, you know, all these other things, but, you know, um, it, it's not going to have a lot of power. It's going to, um, I'm, I'm trying to find the, the range rating. I don't know if they actually announced it. 199 miles. Okay. So 200 miles per charge. That's plenty. Most For a city car. A lot yeah, of electric cars either. only get 300 anyway. Right. So... Yeah. yeah, or most of them only get in like two fifty range, realistically. Guess, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So that's not bad. I mean, if it gets anywhere close to that, and also you're not going to be doing highway cruising in it, really. Not not the way that it's positioned and marketed. Like people will obviously. So you're probably going to get closer to that um, that range number. You know. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm happy with it. I like it. I'm glad they're bringing it back. I think it looks great. And again, a good design needs to be accessible. And I think that's what this is. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, know, I realize that um, electric cars are, are more expensive generally right now. Yep. But I don't know. It's, that's, that's a lot of money. Like I was, I was just going to look up how much an Audi S3 would be because it's kind of like, obviously, it's, it's a gas-powered car. Base price is 47 which is, it's, I mean, it's, that's a lot more money, actually. But it's, a lo- it's also a lot more performance out of the S3. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that makes sense. But I don't know. I think um, I think it, it it is pricey for what it is, but I think that's where the car is positioned. They, and I think it's the right move not to make it too cheap, because if you're going to market it with like the cartel edition, you know what I mean? Like you, it's got to be priced according. I, I know the cartel version will 100% be way more money. I feel like those are are more marketing gimmicks than anything. The they, they are and whatever else right. they have. But but that's my point. If that's the that's the marketing play, right? That's how you're gonna market the card, advertise in position. This is a fashion thing. This is a status symbol in a way. You know, the the car can't be twenty five thousand dollars. The the base price for the base car, the entry level one, can't be twenty five thousand dollars. I don't know. I think I think it would still work, but we can. It, it would, but it it. Huh. I'm trying to. Because at the end of the day, I'm I mean, trying to I guess think of like an equivalent, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming up with one. I guess I didn't realize that they're trying to go up market with it, um, but I don't know. I was gonna say at the end of the day, it's still like a cheap runaround car, but it's not cheap anymore. No, it's not ch- cheap. But look at it. <laughs> I know, I know. 
It, it, size aside, it mm-hmm. doesn't look cheap. I guess so. Yeah. I just hope it's remotely reliable. It's electric. <laughs> There's that, but it's also a Fiat. Um, moving on. Moving on to electric-ish. Yeah. <laughs> Prius. The Prius actually looks good this year. Finally. We got some good design out of the Prius. The most hated car by enthusiast ever, probably. I like Pri-I. <laughs> I like them. Um, but yeah, finally a good looking car. Yeah. They need, whoever designed that needs to design the rest of like Toyota Lexus line. <laughs> no, they need to go to BMW. <laughs> even better. Never going to happen, but even yeah. better. Um what really? I mean, did anything in particular stand out to you with with it? Besides the, I don't know. Besides just, the fact that it finally looks. Good. <laughs> I mean, like uh, overall as a car, it's not that much different from the previous generations. It's just a, a redesign of the outside. I think. I mean, it's. I think they improved a few things inside, obviously, so that it's not just just a facelift or whatever. Yep. Um, but. It's finally a, a good-looking car. You know, it's it's got the light bar like everybody's got going yeah. nowadays. Um, and it's got SF90-esque <laughs> headlights. You said that and I couldn't unsee it. You can't unsee it. Oh, the Prius man. has Ferrari headlights. Um, Which is fitting because it's a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same concept, right? Yeah. Save their money. Get a Prius. Um, um, I've always liked... I, I, mean, I haven't always liked Pri- Prius. Pri, I think they decided. Let's roll with that. Sure. <laughs> Awkwardly. Uh, let's roll with it awkwardly. Um, great car. You yeah. know, and more than enough for most people. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not aimed to be an enthusiast car. It's right. not aimed for that. It's supposed to be a really economical, fuel-efficient car, and it does that really well. Yep. People make fun of, like, the granola-eating, um, you know... I don't know tree hugging tree hugging people who don't people. care about how cars drive and they'll do forty five miles per hour in the fast lane or whatever, but that's fine for most people, you know. I mean, we're not advocating to do forty five miles an hour in the fast. Lane. Move over <laughs> when I'm behind you, flashing my lights. No, yes. but um, yeah, I mean, just looking at the the website uh, from Toyota, like it's the most boring website for this new car. They have like one embedded video that plays at like 15 fps <laughs> and uh, like the rest of it's just pictures and text and it's like okay this is just very toyota yeah. meanwhile you go into any of these other cars that we're looking at and like the porsche one has like just a beautiful website and it moves as you scroll and like the video will um play backwards like if you scroll backwards of the car sliding through the dirt and the sand and stuff like you know oh, what i mean that's cool, yeah. so cool and then you go over to the prius and it's like okay well it, it's very clear with this car's position <laughs> you know it's just a boring car for normal people and that's totally fine yeah it finally looks good it does it's a good car um in in our kind of homework for the episode i, I came across the gr aqua the, so the we used to have the prius c here in the states discontinued still sold in japan as the aqua so it's a hybrid hatchback thing and they have a gr version of it with, a like GR beef, with like beefed up suspension and everything Which, we were just saying that. this is not supposed to be an enthusiast car and they put enthusiast bits in it uh i don't know anything about this car you yeah, showed me, me a picture either. like before we started recording i was like oh my like, yeah toyota aqua gr sport it adds a dash of gr to japan's prius but yeah, it's supposed to be heavier, so it gets less miles per gallon or whatever, but um, new suspension, new steering system, 
just it's just so cool i don't know i like the idea of like of a hot hatch hybrid i just started to picture you know how they they do their gr like marketing thing where they've got a supra sliding next to a gr corolla next yeah. to a uh, gr 86 yeah and then you get the prius sliding along behind it <laughs> sorry that was poorly timed I'm choking on my water <laughs> i'm trying to take a sip of water <laughs> Oh uh, man, um, yeah, n- never. But I, I said this though too. Like this reminds me of like what the new, the air quotes, new Honda CRZ was supposed to be like back in 2010, 2011, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sporty hybrid it's hatchback, two door hatchback, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna claim that as suicide doors again. Okay? No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I learned my lesson after the Veloster episode. <laughs> but the so back in the. 90s was it that Honda had that was it the CRZ or CRX CRX so that was like the hatchback that kind of had that really like the rear end just looked like it just got chopped off it was really flat and the split Um, window I've I've always felt like the CRZ was sort of trying to be that right Um, yes and I really love the design I still think it's a cool looking car yep but it's sad because like it's not they never made a hot version of it they should have done like some kind of SI or they Something never really like made a hot version of the CRX, though. I mean, people modified them and, like, dropped, like, you know, hot B motors in them and stuff and all, all the other Honda, Honda stuff. This is Honda, Honda talk. Mm-hmm. Um, the CRZ, I don't think, was any less capable than a CRX was. And if anything, it was obviously more modern and it, I'm sure it was quicker, really. But it's it's uh, what I'm starting to call the Integra effect, and we touched on this when we talked about the Integra. It's like people have this idea of like a yellow Integra with a big wing, like blasting through the canyons on Initial D or whatever Gran Turismo video game they were they were playing. That's what you think of it, but no, it was really like a little efficient economy car. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I like the CRC. Uh, there's a little like very niche, very kind of specific cult following that it still has. Mm-hmm. I, I agree, though. A CRZ SI would have been cool. But just imagine, right? Like, like Toyota is a really great example of this with the Yaris. Yep. The Yaris is a cheap little economy car that most people buy just to get around efficiently, and it's it's really affordable. Yep. And then they went rallying with it, and they built this, like, crazy fender flare, right. stick shift, all-wheel drive thing. Imagine if they did that with the CRZ. That would have been really cool. I kind of want a CRZ now. <laughs> Just to do that, like flare out the fenders and like do that yeah. crazy stuff with. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's the Prius. That's the um, Prius. Anything else you want to touch on? Um, do you want to talk about, do you, you want to rant about Genesis? Yes, I want to <laughs> rant about Genesis. Oh, Build Genesis a car. Unveiled yet another big coupe. That uh, they will never build. At the I'm LA convinced. Auto Show. I'm and, convinced they'll uh, never build it. Yeah, they they keep releasing these. They built what four, three or four of these at least. I've lost count. Um, over the years, and they all look so good. And Beautiful they have cars. yet to build a coupe. They built the Genesis coupe that we remember back in the back late when they were still called a Hun- called Hyundai, right? right. Um, so I don't know what they're waiting for. Like, they I'm sure they just want to do it right, but they. When they, we we should do a whole episode on how Genesis flopped when they, you know, they completely botched their rollout. Um, They needed to 
jump into the market with SUVs, and they didn't. They jumped into the market with refreshes of the Hyundai versions of the Genesis. Gen- Genesis. Gen- right? Gen-i. Gen-i. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so like the Hyundai Genesis uh, second generation, they just slapped the Genesis logo on it and called it the G80 and that was the that one. And then they had the G90, which was a refreshed Equus, basically, right? Yep. And they should have just started with SUVs. Now you can get a GV60, GV70, GV80, GV90 coming, I think. It's going to be wow. like a Palisade Telluride type row. of thing, big three road thing. Yeah. That's going to be great. It's going to look like a, a just a beefed-up Bentayga. Um, you can tell how much he loves Genesis because he hates SUVs, and he's all excited about a Genesis SUV. Stop. Don't. <laughs> no more gotchas. But they, I think that they're hesitating on actually releasing a, a big, beautiful, coupe convertible thing because they recognize that they tried to enter the market with cars, and then it didn't work. They should have entered the market with SUVs realistically to be able to actually sell um, so I think that's probably why. I guess so. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. I think they are, they have positioned themselves in the market now, like um, where that desirability is definitely there now. Yep. They've got that like Bentley, Mercedes-ish design and yep. people just, they're, they're gravitating towards it. They just have really good design at the moment. Right. And they've been doing it consistently for a little bit. Yep. So I think... Sometime it's, soon would be a really good time. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> Genesis, please. Yeah. Even though you're not gonna, they're not gonna sell that many, but they need an actual Halo car instead of just releasing concepts. And you bring up design, like they've been killing it with design, but that's because they brought all these people over from Bentley, from uh, Lamborghini, like Luke Dunkervalk, and um, my, his name is escaping me. The he, he was the guy that designed the Bentayga. He's designing Genesis site now, huh? Behrman? No. Beerman from, came from BMW. He's doing chassis oh, right. stuff, the handling stuff for them, okay. but the actual design. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his name escapes me. I feel bad. But they, and they're bringing them over and they're saying, here's a blank check. Go nuts. Like all the stuff that the German companies didn't let you do, just come over here. Here's just free reign to do whatever. And, and they said, well, doing. we want our own design house. We don't want to be so uh, partnered with, with Hyundai. So they have their own, like, Basically, their own building. I don't know if they're on the same campus or whatever, because that place is huge. But they they're in their own thing. They're in their own, in their own world. And Hyundai, the parent company, just said, "Go nuts, go wild." And this is what they're coming up with. So I'm worried that like that people that are actually like writing the checks, like the you know the number crunchers, are saying, "Well, this is why you can't build a, a hundred and fifty thousand dollar beautiful." convertible thing you know what i mean like a amg project one type of situation oh, where they yeah. kind of got a little too deep and yeah like all right well you know this was cool and all but the, we need some money now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a great illustration of their design language like you know everything that they're doing with design generally and also the details that they have with the lighting the two light strips that go that run across and you know even something is just kind of like superficial uh, as like the wheel designs they're so good the interwoven thing you know it's so amazing to put that into a coupe form or like a convertible form like the this genesis x convertible concept that they just came up with like that's like the best way of executing that and not just having it on a, on a good looking suv mm-hmm. you know what i mean Ugh, i'm so frustrated <laughs> <laughs> it sort of targets my feelings a little bit because it's very similar to one of my favorite concepts and i think yours as well the Mercedes Maybach, coupe, yeah, uh, convertible roadster, yeah. whatever it was called. 
I follow oh. yeah, I follow Gordon Veniger. Um, he's the head of Mercedes Design. I follow him on Instagram, and it feels like every other post of his that comes up is is that Maybach. It's so good. He's obviously very proud of it because he did a great he job. Should of, Come on, he should be build it. <laughs> they won't. Oh, an incredible thing, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that kind of concludes our... <laughs> On that disappointing note, there's a lot of ups and downs with this episode, but yeah. here we are. Yep, here we are. We've arrived. Um, that That's all, I guess, that we would want to talk about from the LA Motor Show and, and you know, <laughs> the plus one, this Dorado. Yeah. So, um, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, we'll have a few more before the end of the year, and then we will... Um, we've got a, a few plans for for 2023 so stay tuned it's gonna be a big year thank you so much for listening again thank you for hanging in with us uh check the show notes for links to our socials if you haven't already follow us on instagram the show at 11's podcast and us individually um can't thank you guys enough appreciate the all the listens and the minutes and and all those other things but uh that's it for now good night see ya bye